Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and seismograph shooter, Brendan Tuma. It's Tuesday. It's time to talk some waiver wires. So after we get through the news and notes, we'll get to my top 10 waiver wire pickups for week three. But guys, TickPick is drawing the first winner for their huge giveaway on Thursday. You know, they're crazy season ticket packages, right? Just go to TickPick.com slash pros. Get your entry in. They're valued at $3,000. Don't wait. Go now. Again, TickPick.com slash pros. While you are there, get some tickets. At TickPick, they do not charge service fees, okay? You're going to get a great deal. They guarantee you the best prices. They will give you 110% of the total purchase price if you find better prices for tickets on another site. And again, no service fees, huge. It has saved their users over $55 million. And now they've teamed up with Zip that allows you to buy now and pay later for all your tickets. You choose Zip at checkout. You split your ticket purchase into four installments. Download the TickPick app. Use the code PROS for $10 off your first order. When you select Zip at checkout, again, that's code PROS, $10 off your first order. When you download the TickPick app and you select Zip at checkout. All right, let's get to the news and notes. Josh Gordon is going to sign with the Chiefs practice squad. He last played in week 15 of 2019. I'm sure I speak for almost every fantasy manager out there when we say we are rooting for Josh Gordon to stay in the league and be successful, but I'm not picking him up right now. I just think there are obviously way too many hurdles for him to become fantasy relevant. Chris McCaffrey is not going to be placed on IR with his hamstring injury, which is a sign that he'll be back within three weeks. I'm not expecting him to play this week necessarily, which we will talk about on the waiver wire portion. But still, it looks like for now, those who roster McCaffrey may have dodged a bullet. But those rostering A.J. Brown probably did not do exactly the same. He suffered the hamstring strain in week three, and he is week to week moving forward. Week to week is not good. Week to week usually means multiple weeks. So you got to prepare for that. If you are someone rostering Brown, the Titans play the Jets in week four. No, I'm not picking up any other Titans wide receiver. I think it's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry and some more Julio Jones. Juju Smith-Schuster has been diagnosed with bruised ribs. He is day-to-day. It's going to be important to monitor his practice participation this week, both him and Deontay Johnson. If not, I mean, he can't go Chase Claypool, Macy, 25 targets. Sean McVay says Daryl Henderson is making good progress, and he is hopeful to have him back In week four, again, this is a rib cartilage injury. Those are tough. They are painful. So definitely don't hold your breath right now. Sonny Michelle played adequately for sure without Henderson. But again, this is just something you got to monitor. We probably won't find out until closer to Sunday. Ian Rappaport reported that James White suffered a hip subluxation in week three, and he is, quote, out indefinitely. I think we've probably seen the last of James White on the football field until at least week 10 or later. This is a serious injury. White is a veteran and older player. And again, I think this is going to factor in, and it does, to my waiver wire recommendations. Broncos receiver KJ Hamler suffered a torn ACL in week three, and he is going to miss the remainder of the season. The Broncos signed David Moore from the Raiders practice squad. Again, Hamler was a nice sleeper, but he wasn't really somebody who was contributing from a fantasy perspective. But the fact that he is going to miss the rest of the season also factors in to one of my waiver wire recommendations. Rashad Bateman is going to return to practice this week. Remember, he underwent core muscle surgery in the second week of August. He's going to need some time to get back into the swing of things, so don't anticipate that he's going to return this week or anything like that. But still, it's good to see him back at practice. Scotty Miller has a pretty severe case of turf toe, according to Bruce Arians, and he is likely heading to IR. 
per Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. You weren't relying on Scotty Miller anyway, but still, if you were, you can feel free to move on. Rob Gronkowski had follow-up x-rays on his ribs, which were negative, and he is going to play against New England. A little less sure, though, is Giovanni Bernard, who suffered a slight MCL sprain with that big flip into the end zone. He is day-to-day, so he may still suit up, but don't count on it. Frank Reich says that T.Y. Hilton, who is on the IR with a neck injury, quote, isn't quite there yet and needs more time, so don't expect him back this week and probably not next week either. And Quentin Nelson is day-to-day with a high ankle sprain. Don't expect him back this week either. All right, let's get to my top 10 waiver wire pickups. These are guys who are rostered in under 60% of leagues that have been imported into my playbook. Let's start at number 10, and it's Tyler Conklin of the Vikings. Conklin is good, and he is someone who fantasy managers might be able to buy into. Eight targets, seven catches, 70 yards in the score in this game against the Seahawks. He's got great hands. He can create yards after the catch. And there is room for another pass catcher outside of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Now, we've seen it mostly be K.J. Osborne, but it might be Conklin. It is worth a pickup to find out if you are desperate at tight end. But note that I don't really have a huge preference of Conklin versus Evan Ingram, especially in light of the Giants injuries. So those are really the two guys you want to look at if you need a tight end. At number nine, it's Terrace Marshall Jr. I've been saying I think Marshall's a smart long-term ad for weeks at this point. And even though the production isn't like blowing anyone away, he continues to carve out a bigger role in this offense, and he is taking snaps away from Robbie Anderson now. 14 targets, 10 catches, 91 yards through three games. That's not someone you start right away. But long term, as Anderson's role potentially begins to fade and as Marshall becomes more and more acclimated to the offense, he could become a fantasy asset. At number eight, it's McCole Hardman. Now, Hardman plays a ton of snaps. He runs a lot of routes. He just doesn't usually pile on the production, but he did have eight targets back in week two against Baltimore, and he caught a touchdown here in week three against the Chargers. And there are reasons to be optimistic beyond just the snaps and the routes. First, the Chiefs defense is struggling here, right? So much so that even more offense is likely to become necessary for Kansas City. The second is that Tyreek Hill is coming off two mediocre, two poor games in a row here. Now, I do not think this is anything to be concerned about with Hill whatsoever, but it is possible that teams have just said, you know what, we cannot stop Travis Kelsey no matter what we do. Nobody else on this team really burns us. Let us just shade everything we have to Hill's side of the field, bracket him, make sure someone else beats us. And if that is the case, and if that's successful, then Hardman can find room. Now, there are a range of possible outcomes. That is within it. I don't expect that to be the range, but again, that is a possibility at the very least. At number seven is Peyton Barber. Raise your hand if you saw 23 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown with three catches for 31 yards against the Dolphins. Put your hand down, you dirty, dirty liar. Look, Kenyon Drake was brought in to fulfill his role as the pass catching back, sort of, I guess. And the Raiders are not going to deviate from that, which means when Josh Jacobs is out, Barber is going to get the rock as the primary rusher. And if Jacobs is out this week against the Chargers, Barber is a startable option. The reason he doesn't rank higher here on my waiver wire list is because A, we don't know if Jacobs is going to be out, and B, the game's Monday night, so there's a good chance we won't know by the time your lineup's lock. But we are desperate for running backs, and if you really need someone this week, he is not a bad speculative option. At number six is Kenneth Gainwell. Now, the Cowboys-Eagles game is still going on as I record this, so I have no idea if Gainwell is actually going to get a touch here, but he has 19 touches in the first two games. He's clearly the 1B, maybe the 1C, really, to Miles Sanders' 1A, and we value high-end insurance policies all day long, so why not Gainwell? 
who has that benefit plus the ability to contribute most weeks if he gets the ball. He's not someone to add if you need an immediate play like Barber or anything, but he should have some long-term value. And number five, it's Marquez Callaway. Uh, there is a lot not to love about Callaway, like 11 targets and seven catches and 63 yards combined in three games. But Michael Thomas is still several weeks away. We don't know when Traquan Smith is actually going to be able to come back off the IR. And the Saints need another option in their offense besides Alvin Kamara. There's always been the narrative as to why Callaway should succeed, right? And now at least there's some reason to buy into it after this most recent game. Not a huge reason, but a reason nonetheless. At number four, and now we are getting into guys who should be more priority pickups, guys who can help you right away. It's Tim Patrick. Even before KJ Hamler tore his ACL and was ruled out for the season, everything pointed to Patrick being an obvious pickup. His current pace, 64 catches, 928 yards, 11 touchdowns. I will take the over on the catches and the yards and under on the touchdowns, but still, Patrick is just going to produce and pretty much always has produced. And the thing is, he's not getting the crazy amount of targets. I understand just 13 on the season thus far, but they've played the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. Those aren't matchups where you need to be chucking the ball downfield, right? But eventually, the Broncos are going to need to throw more, like against Baltimore and Las Vegas and Dallas, and that's when Patrick is really going to get going. With Jerry Judy likely out another month or more, Patrick should be a steady contributor for a while. Next up is Emmanuel Sanders. We talked about him yesterday. You guys probably know how much I liked him in draft season. Obviously, there's nothing that has happened yet to change my mind. Again, six targets, five catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns this week against Washington. There was room for a third receiver in that offense, as we saw last year with John Brown. That third receiver right now is Sanders, full stop. No questions asked. So adding him is an obvious move for anyone who needs help at wide receiver. My number two ad this week is Jacoby Myers. Myers rounds out the grouping of guys who are not going to be league winners, but rather players who can help you both immediately and long term with Sanders and Patrick. And all three of these guys for me are worth roughly 10% of your fab budget. We know Myers is going to lead the Patriots receivers in snaps and routes run, but 14 targets and nine catches for 94 yards is really nice to see. So Maybe this is a one-off, right? I mean, he had 15 targets, 10 catches, and 82 yards combined in weeks one and two, but there are two reasons to buy into it. The first is that this was a negative game script in this game, and I kind of feel like we're going to see a lot of negative game scripts going forward. I mean, they've got the Bucks, and then are at Houston, but then the Patriots have a bad offense and a good but not elite defense. So most games, they're probably not going to be just pounding the rock or anything like that. But the second reason, and the bigger one, is the hip injury to James White. I think that the increase in targets correlated here with White being out because it took away the safety blanket that Mac Jones had. And that's a little bit of what Myers is. He's a possession receiver. He's the guy who you know is going to come down with that catch. And I think he just kind of inserted himself when White went out. For lack of a better way to explain it, Myers may be that safety blanket going forward. And I think you can start him each and every week. Finally, my number one pick, Chuba Hubbard, you knew this is where we were going. This is an obvious number one choice this week. As of right now, again, the word on Chris McCaffrey is positive, less than a grade one hamstring strain. I don't even know what it is, but given how careful they were with him last year, I can't imagine he's going to play at least this coming week against Dallas. So that means at absolute worst, you are probably going with a guy who played like, what, three quarters of the snaps after McCaffrey went out here for the game. And not only that, but someone who's off five targets and caught three of them for 27 yards. Now, I get it. This was against the Texans, but who cares? Any running back who's getting the amount of volume and involvement in the passing game 
is worthwhile. That's just the way fantasy sports work. And we saw that pretty clearly, right, last year from Mike Davis. And what if this injury, though, lingers? What if this is something we're dealing with for a while? It all sounds positive now, but who knows what we're going to see in a week or two. That's just how football players and injuries sometimes work. So if that happens, you've got someone who might just save your entire season if you're off to a slow start. Now, there is some risk. What you see after an unexpected injury in a game, that doesn't automatically equate to what you're going to see going forward after a team has time to game plan for a week. So perhaps perennial thorn in fantasy manager side, Royce Freeman takes some work here, but he's number one with a bullet in terms of waiver wire priorities, given the potential upside. That's going to do it for today's show, guys. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, get $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. And again, don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash PROS. Get your entry in. They're going to be doing the drawing on Thursday. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.